Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Wadproof. Wadproof recently launched a new program to help pro members in, improve their and their range of motion while becoming better overall athletes. Wadproof has always been an app that I go to to film my workouts because I can listen to music at the same time. But now that they have Wadproof Bionic, I use it to measure my mobility, increase my mobility. It's really cool. You can check them out at the show notes. Um, there's a link in our show notes, and I think there's a discount there. The show is also brought to you by X Endurance. X Endurance Sports Supplements is one of the few supplements approved by Informed Sport for professional athletes. Um, some of the best athletes in this particular sport use it, but athletes all over the world use it. We highly recommend checking out X Endurance. And there's also a link in the show notes, and I believe a discount in there for you as well. Let's go ahead and go back to the show. On today's show, we have none other than Jake Marconi. Jake, how are you this morning, bro? Good, Jared. Thanks for having me. I woke yeah, up a man, little bit earlier than my than my wake up time for you. I didn't sleep in. All good, man. Um, this is uh, this is earlier, you know, for us as well. So, um, luckily, I have like this really fancy camera light that Alex told me to get, and it makes me look less ugly even when I'm tired. So, um, it looks great. Uh, I uh, I logged on. I was like, I got to get one of those. It was. It's nice, man. That's a mixed lighting here. Yeah, I don't take a call without it. Now, like, no, um, because you know sometimes you jump on like a Zoom, (laughs) just blotches out everything. Like sometimes you get on a Zoom call and you're like, whoa, like who, Uh, like who's that? Every time, every time, like I'll see a professional photo and be like, oh, you look like a person. That's cool. And then you get on a Zoom and I'm like. Can we go no video on this, please? <laughs> yeah, you're like, what am I, freaking Dracula? Why do I have like, yeah, um, yes, yeah, like, what is this? And like, I, my eyes yeah, like, are so far out over years. my eyes. Yeah, um, like I'm a statue. Uh, I'm with you. What time is it for you? Where are you? That, where are you in the I'm world in, right now? You're a traveling man. Yeah, I'm in. Um, this is my last week in Florida. Okay, so, um. Yeah, so I'm in Jacksonville Beach right now. Okay. Um, where's next? Where's next? So I moved to Vegas uh, next week. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So um, no more 7.30 calls. My time. No more. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I will have to politely decline any athletes that want to do 7.30 calls because uh, that will be 4.30 a.m. And that's a no-go for me. I mean, Correct. yeah, I can't, I can't think of any, any anybody that would be like, I'd do that for honestly. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, fair. It's totally fair. But, uh, Hey Jake, if you could be, if you were to choose what character you would be on the ice age movies, what character would you be? Oh man. I don't know the last time I watched ice ages, but off the top of my head, probably, Oh, you got them all up. Let's see. I don't know, man. I really like Sid. Cooper kind of claims Sid. So, I mean, I guess there two people could be Sid. Cooper claims Sid? All right. I'm not opposed. <laughs> oh, no, not Sid. What's, what is the, the mammoth's name? I can see you as the mammoth. I don't know the mammoth. Morty? Name. I don't remember. Morty? Manny? Manny. I, Manny. I would totally. I would take Manny. Yeah, yeah, I see that. He's got some hair too. He's got some nice hair. 
He's got some hair. He's pretty. He's relaxed for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Until Manny. he like does, until he has to like step up, he's pretty relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Like no, we Manny. were Palooza week. We were all. I mean, you were you were there, and you're in the group chat. Um, they were all like just dogging each other on what cartoon character they are, and um, of course, like Zach and Danielle are going at it, and uh, and they're like, "What is Jared?" And Danielle's like, oh, "I know." And she like pulled up her phone and she pulled up the saber tooth tiger. And I was like, is that supposed to be offensive? I'm stoked on that. Like, yeah, no, I think that's, that's cool. Yeah. I was like, if, if, if anybody was like, Hey Jared, you're a saber tooth tiger. I'm like, let's go. Sick. I, I yeah. think he's kind of a, he's a dick in the movie though. No, I, I was like, I, I kind of was thinking about that, but, but you know, I don't know. Just yeah. But you got the similar. Yeah. I could see the look. You got the look. Going <laughs> for sure. Without question, does he doesn't he kind of come around though? Like, yeah, no, he he has a change of heart. I mean, because at first he's like a double a double agent. You know what I mean? Like, right? He's trying to. I think he's trying to eat the mammoth right in the beginning. I um, think so. Totally not my agenda. So I don't know where that comes from. But uh, and then he, you know, he, I don't he, know like, that Danielle's like super versed in the movie. I think she's just picking <laughs> things, picking people that look like people. Anyways, uh, just wanted to start there, but uh, but man, I'm glad to have you on the show, especially you know because we know each other. So I, I thought this would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to, to learn about you know the other day you and I were chatting and um we were like I we were having a conversation we were starting to like go into some life stuff and then I think we got distracted or something and we were both like, uh, All right. we, yeah we were starting and I was like you know what man I'm so tired I want oh yeah it was super late about this night. And yeah, I was like, I agree. Was, I, I'm, I'm into this conversation, but like, we got to pause. Yeah, um, that was Saturday night at Wadapalooza. Yeah, yeah. So we get to pick it back up live. Um, with that being said, Jake, if you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Whoa. Wow, heavy hitters this morning. Um, I'm going to like bob and weave through some random questions. That's kind of how my, my flow is here. So three words, I don't know, I feel like this is a better question for other people, but the way that I see myself uh, as curious, for sure, would be the first one. Um, curious. Uh, man. Every every adjective just slipped my mind. You asked for three <laughs> and I forgot one. Uh, curious um, tired uh no not tired at all uh just the posing the question made them all they all went away but i would say i'm definitely curious i am empathetic like i just other people are i'm often more interested in what other people have going on um which i don't know if you can call yourself empathetic i feel like that's for other people to call you but and then a third word. I'd say I'm pretty relaxed. Okay. Those are like not watch. I'm going to text you this afternoon with three way better bangers. ones, but <laughs> yeah, three bangers. Uh, in more words, I would say that I'm like, I'm really curious. I'm relatively um, chill in the sense that I like follow my curiosity through life and kind of see where, that takes me. It has 
always been fitness, right? So I've always been most curious about fitness, but I do a ton of other random things just to see. Uh, and I've got a buddy that gives me shit all the time. He's like, you try a hobby and then you're kind of done with it. I'm like, yeah, I want to see if I liked it. And then yeah, I decided it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't fit to add into the life. Um, and old, I'm probably old. Like I'm probably 65 at heart. Dude. I'm like 65 physically. So <laughs> yeah, in my spirit, I feel like I'm 65. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, it's so interesting, like, like not to go down this rabbit hole. I mean, we can for a moment, but like sometimes in certain instances, I feel 65, right? Like a song comes on and I'm like, oh, this is, this is so good. And everyone else is like, what is this? And I'm like, what do you mean? What is, you know, like, you know, it's like the Rolling Stones or, uh, you know, shoot H Hank Williams Jr. Or like, you know what I mean? Like something like older. And yeah, then there's time. Like I went to a, a bar the other night, a little speakeasy on the wall was like Jimi Hendrix. Um, uh, there's like the Beastie Boys on the wall, like the black and white photos of like Jim Morrison. And I was like, with this girl, and I'm like, hey, do you know who that is? She's like, no. I'm like, who that is? No. And she wasn't like particularly young. She was about my age, you know? And it was like, yeah. geez, I feel so old. And then sometimes I do stupid things, and I'm like, what am I, 12? You know, so like, it's just like this weird uh, where I'm like, I, I don't know. I guess I am. I feel like that never ends. Because I just end up in the middle, you know what I mean? So Yeah, you're like, I guess I'm exactly as old as I'm supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. So I feel you on that. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, empathy. Oh, yeah, that's funny that you say that. I think that if you're self-aware enough, you can say that you're an empathetic person, but you can't like you can't lead with that. Um, no. You know, I asked you, so I like led you down that path. But I used to date a girl. And this isn't the Jared's Dating Life show, but I used to date a girl. Um, and she was kind of a lunatic, uh, but she would be like, oh, I'm, I'm empathetic. And I'm like, you're like the furthest thing. Like, you can't say that. You know what I mean? Cause like, yeah, you show no empathy because you can't just say it. It is true. You know what I mean? Like, like I feel like, oh, like you're I'm saying it's making it I'm an, like, I'm an empath. Like, no, you're not. You're a psychopath. Like it's yeah. totally different. <laughs> Actually you're nuts. <laughs> yeah. It was like, anyway, so that, that was funny that you brought that up. I think, um, but no, I think if you, like I said, if you're self-aware enough, you can recognize like, oh, I'm oftentimes thinking about what other people are thinking about, which I think is interesting. That probably makes you a great coach because you're thinking about how to program for other people. And, you know, even especially like in, in real time coach, not like programming online. Yes, but like a real time coach where you're like, how do right. I create the best experience for everybody? This person needs this modification and this person needs this scale and I know these people, so I'm always thinking about them. So I think coaching-wise, empathy is a, a strong attribute. Uh, yeah, I think that's why I identify with that particular word, just because always in my coaching, um, I've been more interested in, like, yes, let's get your push press better. With elite athletes, it's different, right? Like the totally. primary goal is to get them really good and like also them as people matters a ton in that. But with people at the gym, that I coached at for the last six years, I certainly cared to get them better at fitness. But at the end of the day, I was like, man, if, if we can have a really good hour together and have some type of connection and you're talking about your kids and you're doing fitness and you're having fun, you're all the more likely to come back 
and have this be a really positive experience. And I always cared a little bit more on that side, at least in the gym setting with people that, yeah. man, if you can back squat PR, cool. But if you can have like a really good hour, that's, that's the best. Yeah. And I think it's like good coaches find the balance because I have known uh, coaches or even former employees of mine and things like that in the past where people are almost too empathetic, right? I would say too empathetic really means like people pleasing if we're being yeah, honest. Yeah. They're like, oh, you but, don't feel like doing it today. You don't have to. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, yeah. you're going to lose that client eventually anyways, because there's there's a balance between them having a good time and getting to know you and getting results because that's what they're paying for. And so right. it's like finding that balance instead of always being like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. And eventually they're like, I haven't reached any of my goals and they blame you. And you're like, well, I've been right. catering to you this whole time, you know, like, so it's always yeah, that. Um, and if you have a good rapport with somebody in that sense where you've said, Hey, today you don't have to do that. That's fine. When you do come to them and you go, Hey motherfucker, like today you've got to go, hard even though you don't want to they're all the more likely to listen to you yeah especially yeah especially if you've developed that rapport and you know them well enough you can call them motherfucker. <laughs> yeah can i swear on this I, i've been trying I mean, to swear I, a little yeah. less i don't know that we have um i rarely do that was a you know when in rome that's like a me and you thing so um, all right <laughs> um we'll back it jake uh here's another one for you actually where are you at right now you're in providence i'm in providence okay um, if you were to sum up like your life story in two to three minutes, what would that sound like? I'm not that far along one. Ooh. So it could be, it could be relatively short. Um, my life story in two or three minutes. All right. I grew up on a farm in Connecticut near the top. I've always got to clarify because like, you say Connecticut and people think the bottom, not the bottom. Like we're not talking Greenwich, East Greenwich near New York. We're talking like almost Massachusetts. Um, but I grew up on a farm, a horse farm with two older parents compared to my buddies. They're 64 and 74. And if you talk to me for any length of time, you know that like that's a big part of my identity that my parents were older and they were just really chill by the time they had me. Um, and I just grew up around older people. So I'm comfortable around older people, more so than people my own age. But grew up on a farm. Uh, my dad was a carpenter. My mom did all types of stuff. While I was growing up, they uh, bootstrapped a 36-home development. So like a little community. Uh, are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Like 36 homes on this big plot of acreage, uh, all part of the same HOA. And that yeah, was I mean from... 2008 to 2000 no sorry 2004 to 2016 so that was a huge part of my childhood um so i grew up on the farm grew up with my parents building homes and then when i got into sports i was like i don't know the same age as everybody else and my parents were my coach my dad wasn't really but my mom coached everything she coached baseball soccer she didn't let me play basketball because i didn't want to go to the first practice and i called her bluff she said that if I didn't go, I couldn't play the whole season. And I thought that she was bluffing. She was not. So I didn't go to the first <laughs> basketball practice and I never played basketball. That's not called calling her bluff. <laughs> no, no, I thought I was. And yeah. she was not bluffing. Um, 
So I was in organized sports, like at the same age as everybody else, T-ball, farm league and quit, not quit, but I told my mom that I wanted to stop playing. So she made me finish out the season and then I didn't play again. And I started working out in like seventh or eighth grade because I was, I was like five foot three and just as round as I was tall. Um, so my dad started working out with me and I got into my eighth grade gym, my eighth grade gym class. And my teacher was like, Hey, you're too angry and you're too like into working out to not do anything with all this energy that you've got. So you should go play lacrosse. So my first introduction back into organized sports was playing lacrosse. But in that time in between, I was racing BMX and like riding BMX. So I was a skater kid, BMX kid, uh, like a punk for lack of a better term. Yeah. All through the kind of the end of elementary and all through middle school. And then I started playing organized sports again. Uh, right in eighth grade. And so I played organized sports and then got into high school, started playing football, but the whole time was much more interested in working out, was reading like T nation, you know what T nation is? T nation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't, not everybody in CrossFit knows what T nation is. I'm a former um, bodybuilder, Jake. I know. I, I know. I was just checking, but so I was <laughs> T nation and every powerlifting forum and bodybuilding forum I could on my phone in school. So I'd get it taken away all the time. And it'd be some yoked up dude on my screen. And my teacher would go, what are you looking at? And I would have to explain that I'm reading about working out. Um, and so the whole time I was playing football, I, was, I had a ton of fun playing, but I was way more interested in training. So my football team started working out at my house in my basement. And then we found a local CrossFit gym to start working out at. And then the natural progression was I hated CrossFit. I thought it was dumb because everybody that I was reading thought it was dumb. Um, and then we went to a CrossFit gym and we got exposed a little bit to it, but we're still doing strength and conditioning. I say we, my football team. And then football ended and I just kind of stayed at the CrossFit gym working out. And there was a group of guys who were really going for it. And they were talking about this thing called the open and they were going to like, they were going to do it. Um, and so I started training with those guys for the, this was in 2015. I graduated high school. Um, I started training for the open with them and then did the open. And after that open decided, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to try to compete in the sport and make it to the games. Uh, and so that had been my purpose with CrossFit for the whole time that I've been doing it. When I started, I was like, all right, in five or so years, I want to make it to the games. And so I have a little bit of a different story there in the sense that most people, I feel like started CrossFit, not trying to go to the games just as a hobby and like had their pretty traditional CrossFit story. I was already really into working out and this was just a natural extension of my competing. Um, yeah. And then I went to college and landed on Providence. I hated Johnson and Wales the first two times that I toured it. That's where I went to school and I got to Providence and hated Providence for probably three months. But I found the gym and just found a home. And now Providence is, this is probably where long-term I'll come back and settle. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so many touch points. Uh, yeah, I grew up skateboarding as well. And 
like that, that was for, for me for 11 years old to about 17, you know, when like life got real and I had to get a job and find money to buy a car to drive to that job. And, you know, yep. all that stuff got really real. And of course I didn't have time to skateboard anymore. Plus I didn't have health insurance. Anyways, um, <clears throat> if we knew somebody that stopped skating to play the cross, we would have dogged the crap out of you, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like it's like a, uh but we didn't have lacrosse down here i don't i mean i think there is lacrosse like now in lakeland which is like a small town but like we just grew up like super skater punk misfit like oh yeah so life. did we man all i stayed friends with all those guys we didn't hang out as much for sure because we weren't riding together um they were all a year ahead of me though so when i started playing lacrosse i wasn't with any of them um on a day-to-day basis in school. Yeah. So yeah, there was already right. some separation. They had, they had moved up. Um, I, it's funny you say that I don't get much shit from them. And I still talk to a lot of those guys. It's like not frequently, but we chat here and there. Yeah. Is lacrosse more like, um, common in, in Connecticut? Yeah. Yeah. The Northeast is like a lacrosse hotbed. Yeah. So like down it's here, a, the only people that do lacrosse are like, rich kids and uh, that's not far off we were yeah. a ragtag team so my town didn't even have a lacrosse team i had to go the town next door to go play got it <laughs> that's sick yeah um and we were like we were the band of misfits for a lacrosse team yeah i want to be on that's the team if i'm going to do lacrosse that's the team i want to be on yes that um, was us so when you you say when you started at crossfit or when you knew about crossfit early on you didn't really um like it or believe in it and i can i can i can empathize with that as well uh especially because like ironically my early story is is relatively similar like i found fitness in weightlifting class in high school and then um really started to pursue it when i was 17 i I stopped smoking weed and started working out totally different story and so um I started reading everything I could, which was T nation, even men's health, right? Like just kind of like yep. figuring out all the, all the different sectors. And I got nasal muscle and fitness. What's that? Muscle and fitness. Every ma- muscle and fitness, T nation, men's health. Uh, I think those are probably like big three, you know, like muscular development. That was like the bodybuilding, like newsletter. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I got too much into that. I mean, like if it popped up on Google, if I'm searching some particular topic, it was, coming up but like you said everything that we were learning through those was like anti-crossfit um and of course crossfit was so much different 10 12 you know like that long i mean for you that's we're talking about we're talking about 10 years ago for you right eight nine uh yeah seven eight seven, seven eight, eight, yeah and so the sport has evolved into a, a i would say a, a sport versus like a, a regimen where people just did it really fast and hard early on right um and so you know those early stages i remember friends asking me like a buddy of mine his dad owned a bunch of real estate and uh one of the first 50 crossfits in the world was in lakeland and it was at you know his his dad's real estate he's like oh dude we can go work out there for free my dad owns the building and i'm like well, what do they do and i'm like you know we're doing chest we're doing back we're doing you know like right uh, arms, yeah. shoulders um we're getting a pump and uh, he's like, oh, dude, like kettlebell swings, rope climbs, sprints. I'm like, no, 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 none of that. Yeah. I want none of that. Um, and then you watch the videos, of course, and you're like, I will die. I'm going to break myself. Like, 
100%. When they started introducing like barbell snatches and ring muscle ups, and you're watching people do that back then, totally different than now, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, Because they look like they're dying. Yeah. 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 Dude. Yeah. I'm like, I don't have the shoulders for that. I mean, early on, I was injury prone. So CrossFit was a scary. Uh, you were just rolled forward like a pit bull rolled forward uh like if you lift anything the wrong way my back goes out i think from skateboarding honestly when i look back um because i am like super injury prone and mm-hmm. so like i think from skateboarding probably because we skated like we were you know i think the biggest stair set i did was like 12 13 stairs like all yeah front side flip um and i fell I mean, we fell every day, all day. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. But you don't think that made you more resilient? I feel like when you fall and you're 13, 14, 15, it just doesn't count. I wish. You know, I I try to I try to piece it together. Like, growing up, like we were super poor, and when I look back on our skating days, I would probably eat once a day and drink like a gallon of Mountain Dew. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so, like, malnourished uh sleeping six hours partying doing drinking doing drugs like you know that like all the things yeah being hard hard on your body yeah so i look back and i'm like you know i don't remember my back going out as a kid but i do uh broke both ankles broke both wrists um so that's like already bad for my kinesiology you know like right um and then yeah just early on lifting I was like, I hated deadlifts because I would hurt my back all the time. And I had the best looking deadlift of anybody in the crew. I mean, every, we're all like 17 years old. Everyone's picking it up like a friggin' oval. And like, like <coughs> I'm like, you know, looking at the magazine before I go, you know what I mean? Like right, making sure you're doing it right. Yeah. Like yeah. Neutral spine and all the things. And I'm like, why am I getting hurt? So I just think uh, inevitably something or maybe even just genetics. I mean, who knows? I haven't, yeah, I haven't figured it out yet. Nobody's been able to teach me why my body doesn't work properly. This isn't um, this isn't about you necessarily, but you saying that reminded me of. I feel most people who really try to avoid injury are the ones who get hurt the most. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. And super I th- careful, especially on deadlift. Are you frozen? Or did you stop talking? Oh, oh, you're you're good. No, um, no, I agree, and I think. That too uh, has handicapped me, especially early on in doing CrossFit because I was like a form Nazi for seven, mm. eight, nine years in bodybuilding. Because in bodybuilding, it's like, one, it's all aesthetics. Um, two, a lot of hyper, I mean, 90% hypertrophy, a lot of isometrics, right? But like, it's all perfect. Like even my planks, I would like look in a mirror and be like, oh, lower my butt. You know what I mean? Like, right. So then coming into CrossFit, like there's a degree of variance that you have to allow in order to like, for example, Waterpalooza, handstand walking, grabbing the sandbag real quick, running across, like you're not going to be able to be upright no. like, to move, move fast and lift heavy and in life. Like, and so that's something I recognized. That's kind of why I got into CrossFit actually three years ago um, was like, man, I'm not even that prepared for life. I just look jacked. You know what I mean? Like, right. I can't run. Uh, when I jump, it hurts, you know, like I'm 205 and 6% body fat and I can't run. Um, and like, I'm scared to bend my back. I can only like, dude, such you know, a unit, like, 205, 6% body fat. Oh my God. Well, I'll trade places. Go ahead. 
you could take that. <laughs> have it have it i mean you know it didn't like again it's like it looks cool to people um yeah but it didn't feel it didn't feel good i feel better now even though i have like torn labrum and you know uh always sore but no i imagine being that low body fat is just it's yeah it can't be comfortable no and it's you know and even the diet like i remember um I'm going to transition back to you momentarily, but I remember starting CrossFit and like getting into it like right away. Cause, um, you know, right when I was into it, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm in, I'm joining, I'm, this is what I'm doing six days a week. And, uh, the, my diet, you don't strike me as like, that type of person at all. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> kidding. my diet was still bodybuilding diet. So I'm talking about like 300 grams of protein, um, probably 200 grams of carbohydrates a day. And whatever fats are associated with the protein I'm I'm taking in, um, just that was just what I was conditioned for for years. Right. And so you start CrossFit. I mean, talk about like stomach issues. Um, like I, my digestive system was so out of whack, and it was hard mentally to like switch to like 300 grams of carbs and then 200 grams of protein. I'm like, I'm gonna lose all my muscle. So like that was a you know if I lost like I've lost 20 pounds um, since I started CrossFit and. Like I said, I feel a lot better, but that was just an unusual transition. Like it's so much different, like to be like a competent CrossFit athlete, the lifestyle is radically different than uh, a competitive or even a mildly competitive bodybuilder. Oh um, yeah. So, but yeah, I, like you said, I think there's something to be said about being perfect all the time. And then when you get into a scenario or an environment where um, perfection is a luxury and it's not a commonality. And so then it's like, I'm the weakest link in the room, even though I look strong. Cause I'm, I, I pick up a sandbag with a arch in my back and I'm like, oh, <laughs> like this doesn't right. feel good. I haven't trained this, you know, like, um, which is why I like odd object stuff now. So I love, I love odd object stuff, man. Like yokes, farmer's handles, uh, sandbags, all that stuff is super fun. I think for that reason, like it's, it actually does require a lot of technique but it does. I like using it for clients too, especially ones that yeah. are afraid to like be out of position. I'm like, go ahead and pick that sandbag up with a really rounded back. It actually feels more comfortable than if you do it with like this perfectly straight up and down yeah. technique. Yeah. it's more realistic. I mean, like you go to pick up your three-year-old, you're probably not going to be able to like, like squat down perfectly, pick them up with a chest up, back up you know, right. neutral spine. It's like, you gotta, you know, they're running in the road. You gotta grab them and like pull them out. You know, it's like some type of anyways. <clears throat> no, yeah. I'm a big proponent of that. It's like, if we were built to only move in these perfect positions, we just wouldn't have made it this long as, yeah, as a I mean, species. Human survival. And now, of course we, we, it's funny because it's like a double-edged sword. Um, CrossFit is, you know, it's, it's an evolution of functional fitness, but at the end of the day, it's like the 21st century, very few of us are having to do that much manual labor. So it's, you know, um, we're not really training for things that we actually need to do, but no, I do love that when people are like, we are training for life. I'm like, ah, honestly, I don't know that we are actually, I think yeah, we're I mean, not, I think anymore. we have to work out as humans because otherwise we go nuts yeah. Uh, but like most people who don't work out can still bring their groceries in. Just saying. <laughs> like 
probably for choosing to work out. It's, yeah. it's relatively arbitrary, which is fine. Like I'm great. Do something you'd like for no reason other than that you like to do it. Like that's why I train. Like I do not train to be better at life. Yeah. Because I, again, like even sometimes I go to do life things and I'm like, damn, I'm too sore to do this life thing. A hundred percent. Where I'm preparing for life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, Jake, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to bounce around here. What, um, what's your favorite band? It's currently Lake street dive. Okay. Are you familiar with them? No, but I'm not that cool. I don't, I don't have like cool Spotify playlists and I don't have, (laughs) um, so what kind of music is that? They're on that playlist pretty frequently. Um, it's like, it's a little folky poppy indie band um they're kind of hard to explain they mumford and sons kind of vibe like would they be on the same that's actually a good comparison yeah they're a little less folky than mumford and sons like mumford and sons has a banjo and yeah right yeah they don't they they have a sax player i'm pretty sure somebody's gonna correct me on that uh they have two guitar players a keyboard and the the woman who's the lead singer of the band is incredible her voice is wild we saw her in person last year uh coop's gonna call me when he sees his podcast and be like you haven't stopped talking about this since you've went (laughs) because it was really good uh but we saw her in person and she was great like just one of those voices where she starts up and you go that's like a different you know when you see somebody so jacked or so big like that's we're different like that's a different person that's her like her voice is wild um and so i have been really into their music for the last year and you see it in person too so you're like what am i witnessing this is angelic like this is different that's a good yeah it was angelic it was really really cool that's funny i yeah, that was a really <laughs> good time um what is uh what about when you work out? What's your favorite like cuz I know you're not probably jamming that while you're like training. No. Uh when I work out, I listen mostly to rap. Okay. But so like I mentioned, I've worked in the gym for 6 years and spent most of the day in the gym and so at some point you're just like putting on whatever's fresh. Um so I flip back and forth like I'll listen to rock, I'll listen to old school rock. I don't love I'm going to get shit for this. I don't love old school hip hop to work out to. Like, I don't mind driving around listening to it, but yeah, I was going to say, I picture driving when I think of like easy E or is that what you mean? Like, like, yeah. Okay. Boys in the hood. Yeah. Bone thugs and harmony. I could work out to bone thugs and harmony. Probably. Me Um, too. I, there's some songs that are good. Like I could work out to ODB. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like some of that stuff is, is really good. But I'm probably listening to rap 90% of the time. Or if we're trying to just have like a steady cadence of music, because you ever find you start to like do whatever you're doing to the cadence of the music. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll listen to Big Booty Mix because it's all kind of fast. And you're just like, you can flow with that the whole time. Yeah, it's just like song into song into song into song. Um, And then a lot of times, like I'll just have somebody else put something on so I don't have to think about it. Yeah, that's typically how, I mean, at my gym, I don't like, I'm not head coach or anything like that. So there's already a bunch of playlists and stuff. And 
they listen to some ratchet stuff. I just, I secretly enjoy it a whole lot. Um, but I don't take the blame for it when it's on. And someone's like, what is this? I'm like, yeah, I've had a few playlists banned at full range. This, uh, I guess our, just our environment, like, cause I mean like super ratchet stuff will play. Yeah, no, same. Everyone's used to it. So there's no, no playlists have been banned. It's Um, funny. We, (laughs) you don't even notice it. Like it takes a class member coming up and being like, Hey, um, so I just, did you hear that last line? (laughs) Oh no, I totally know. What, what did it say? And then they've got to say it to you and you go, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to turn it off. I'll, go. I'll usually just like yeah. be walking around the room and you'll see three or four people like look up or look at you and you're like, what did you do? Like a PR? Yeah. And they're like, you know, and they're like, no, no, no. Like, they oh, tell right, me, like, right. they said that shit? They said they that? said like something crazy, you know, yeah. All right. Um, what, Can't say uh, it on there. Yeah, exactly. Like, we'll get banned from the radio. I was, um, so I, uh, I'm in Jacksonville Beach and Brooke Haas. I'm not sure if you're if you remember or familiar with Brooke. Like, went to the games in 2019. She was on teams with Christian Harris. Uh, I don't know, like the whole what year and all that fun stuff. But I know that name. Yeah, she's she's a beast, super fit. Um, she tra- like her pretty much like she's a head coach at our gym, and I ran into Christian Harris like last year. Oh, like with you at um, Big Dan games. Yeah, CrossFit Games. And he was like, does she still like play basically the most ratchet music ever? And I was like, yes, yes, no. <laughs> you know, so like, no change. <laughs> like nothing has changed. Um, yeah. That was pretty funny. What, uh, Jake, what's the earliest memory you have in life? The earliest memory I have in life. Um, I think it might be, I'm sure if I dug deep, I could find something earlier, but I think it's flying to Disneyland for my fourth birthday, which was the only time I've ever been to Disney. And honestly, if I never go back, I I will not care at all. Like, I'm sure I'll take my kids at some point. Um, I don't have kids, but when I do, I'm sure I'll take them. I was four years old and we're flying to Disney and... (laughs) So there's two parts to this. One, I remember that like I had gas. I knew this was be a gas story. You can't really control it. It's actually not. This is just an aside. This is a sidebar. Okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and it was so bad that multiple people on the plane around my area were like, is there like something wrong on this plane? <laughs> um and I remember my mom, I've asked her about this story. I remember that she just, she knew exactly what it was and was just, was not saying anything, would not acknowledge that it existed. People would go, do you smell that? <laughs> no, no, I don't. Um, but she told the flight attendant it was my birthday. Um, so this was in 2000. And they brought a roll of toilet paper with candles in it. And then like some plain cookies. And the plane saying happy birthday to me. That's awesome. That's my earliest memory. Yeah. Wow. I think you take the cake on that, pun intended. Um, is it? I'm, it's funny because you had this gas thing and then they brought you a toilet paper roll for your birthday. So I'm like, it's, yeah, it's a little ironic. Did they know? Were they? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like clean, your, <laughs> clean up, bro. Like, take care uh, of yourself, four year old. 
<laughs> Dude, that's a really vivid four-year-old memory. Oh, man, um, it's so vivid, yeah. You went to, like, Orlando Disneyland? Or Disney, is it land in California and world in Florida? I don't know. Whatever's in Florida, though. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I grew up, we, we went to that a bunch of times. Um, yeah, it's kind of overrated, I think. Uh, but it's still something that I think every kid should experience. Yeah, I also hate rides, like hate, hate rides. So I have like, zero like roller like, coasters. Oh like yeah, coasters? no. Like terrified. You're terrified. scared of heights. Nope, I'm not scared of heights. I don't mind heights. What are you terrified of? Is it the motion? Nope. It's the whole. I'm like I don't. I'm not. I don't have a control thing. Like I don't mind being out of control, as far as like letting somebody else do things that is the one particular scenario where i'm like no there's like i am just a a cog in this wheel on this ride and anything can happen i'm out i don't want it we went on some friends and i went to this uh like carnival in rhode island it's in southern rhode island and it's it's a true traveling carnival and we went on this ride and I have no shame in saying this. I was so close to tears. Like yeah, well, it was Carnival the most ride. scared I've ever been. They're whole they're held together with shear pins. They build it in like a couple days. A bunch of carnies build it. Pulling the lever and checking your ticket is the same guy that built it. Tell yeah. me about that guy to build your stuff. No, yeah. We no, we had absolutely Carnival. Not. We had Carnival every year in, in Lakeland. It's like actually technically like in Tampa, but um, yeah, and there's rides like that there, and people will get on. I'm like, no, I'm not getting on that ride. I'll go, I'll go to Bush Gardens, you know, no, where I'm there's not. like millions of dollars go yeah. into building this thing. But like those three people you see, they built that thing right there. Um, I wouldn't even, <laughs> yeah, no instructions. Mm-hmm. And they had a handful of, of nuts and bolts when they finished. Yeah, it's like an IKEA every ride. time. No, so those are just go, yeah, no, I'm so out on carnival rides um carnival rides i'm out i i do have i do get motion sickness i do probably have control problems and i am scared of heights but uh i enjoy the roller coasters like like the beginning and the middle the end sucks because then you come back to like homeostasis and you're like all right this sucks yeah. now maybe that's um, your release maybe that's how you let go of all your your control and your anxiety you just go on I mean, I, uh, I've jumped out of a plane. Have you ever jumped out of a plane? No desire. None at all. It's a perfectly working plane. Don't, don't be that guy, Jake. Come on. No, I um, get it. I totally get the desire. Every time I'm on a tall building and I look over the rail, there's this piece of me that just really wants to jump. Not, not in a dark way. I just <laughs> I want to jump. I have to qualify that because I've told that story and people get really concerned. Yeah. No, I just – yeah. I have this desire to jump over and just see what it'd be like, but I have zero desire to ever go skydiving. It's one of those things. If I finished my life and it didn't happen, I'm totally cool. It's not on the bucket list for me. Yeah. For me, I think it is like, because I'm so scared of heights, I'm like, I have to prove myself wrong. Um, <clears throat> I think it maybe made me like 1% less scared of heights. It was like an overcoming my fears thing. Uh, then when you get down, you're like, Nope, still scared. Um, still very scared. Like, Were you terrified? I'm- What's that? Were you scared in the moment? Uh, I was terrified to get out of the plane. Um, 
but the moment you jump, which he kind of like forced me out of the plane, basically. Well, you're strapped um, to another dude, right? Yeah. Um, but these guys joke around the whole time too. I'm like, you're not making me feel better. Like, uh, no, your like, nonchalantness is not confidence here. Yeah. And they're like making jokes like, oh, this is a, an older backpack or like, you know, this shoot didn't work one time, but it'll work this time. I'm like, nope, no, no. Like, those aren't funny to me. <laughs> you know, like, no, no. Let's joke at the bottom. Um, so yeah, it forced me out. But the moment you're in the air, like all fear gone. Like I remember thinking because the moment you jump out, you don't even feel the guy attached to you. you it's before you pull the chute. You're flying, right? And I grew up like comics, you know, big deal. And I'm like, yep. I am Superman. Like I feel like this is what Superman feels like. You know what I mean? Like flying through there. I remember thinking like I could die and I'd be, I'd die happy. Um, and no, then, Superman can have that one. I'm good. It, it, I'd say it's worth it um, for that moment. And then, you know, you pull the shoot and that's still cool. Like coming down from the shoot, but I, I don't particularly like stuff like pulling on my stomach. So that part kind of sucked. Um, but uh, now it is worth it. I don't, you know, I don't know if I'll do it again, but yeah, I, wanna, I, um, I can I, say with confidence I won't do it anytime soon. <laughs> good to know. I won't invite you. Don't uh, invite me. Have you bungee jumped? Fuck no. Absolutely <laughs> not. Outside of my, I would I would skydive before I bungee jump. Bungee jump is jumping off of a building, basically. Like it's what you want to do. I, no, I imagine that that is way more dangerous. Okay, and so I, I'm a, not um, particularly averse to danger. Just I'm sure more bungee jump accidents happen. That that's like the carnival ride of of that particular adventure like jump out I, of a plane I, yeah that is disneyland they've got it dialed those guys are on top of their stuff bungee jump they hired some local dudes and they're like you want to run that thing on the bridge there 15 bucks an hour yeah um, no i'm out there's a there's a bungee jump so in, in san diego um sunset cliffs it's like a like a 5k hike and then at the end of the hike, you're at the edge of the cliff and you bungee jump um, from the cliff. You're not down for some, something like that day trip. I'll hike with you. All right. I'll take I'll pictures keep, of you I'll, while you jump. I'll keep that in mind for the future. Thank you, Jake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what's, what's the toughest experience you've ever had to deal with in your life? Um. The toughest experience I've probably ever had to deal with. I don't know that I've ever like talked about this super publicly. Um, my really good friend that I grew up with, he was one of the misfits with us. Um, two years after, about a year and a half after we graduated high school, uh, took his own life. And so he was part of our football team. He was a really big part of our community. And that's not to say that he like, he clearly had some stuff going on, was struggling, but in a really normal life way that no one around him or even not around him would have thought that he would have done something like that. Um, and so that happened. And then I gave his eulogy and our football team like 
were the pallbearers. It was a pretty heavy experience for everybody. And we were just removed out of high school. So it was still super fresh. Like we had just seen each other. We would see each other when we we're home for Thanksgiving. Um, he actually went to church with my mom all the time. And he, he still used, so I have a little basement gym in my like childhood home and he was still living there and he still would go use the gym and like have dinner with my parents. Uh, and so they saw him super frequently still. So it was still pretty fresh. Uh, but I'd have to say that that was the toughest thing. Yeah. Sorry about that, man. Yeah, um, no, it's okay. It was formative for sure. Yeah. I, I would like we had 10th grade, same thing, not same thing, similar thing. Um, and it makes you like, whoa, like people, people really do that. You know, like, yeah, you, you hear about it you read about it. And then when someone in your world does it, you're like, Oh man, now that's a big deal to me. Like this is something that's important, you know? Yeah. It's a heavy experience. Um, it changes things, you know, and it's unfortunate. It's somewhat of a rabbit hole. Like, you know, cause you have other friends that deal with stuff and you're like, Hey man, please let me know. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and then they begin to struggle and don't let you know. And I'm like, you, you don't want to remind them, but it's like, Remember, do you like, let's, let's all just commit to making sure that doesn't happen. You know, like, yeah, so it, it kind of wakes everybody up. But then some people, for lack of better words, go back to sleep sometimes. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, we all should learn, like, we got to remember in, in a, in a good way, like, right, for that to be an example um, for us to anyways. Um, yeah, man, that's, that's rough. Yeah, that was, so I was, what, you're two years out of high school, so you're like 20? Yeah, I was like 20. Yeah, that'll, that'll like shake you in your college years, especially. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what, uh, you, you said you grew up on a farm. Yep. Did you, did you do farm boy things? Like, were you, I know you said horses. Um, yeah, so I'm not know. quite Colton Mertens, but I definitely did farm boy things. <laughs> uh, we had a horse farm. So there's certain, there's less uh, farm boy things to do as far as yeah you cultivating the fields right we didn't have pigs somebody I heard somebody say, I talked to him for a while at Watapusa about farming but I heard somebody say that he's feeding like a thousand pigs a day I it's not I it's not a little pen of pigs it's a lot um, I, it wouldn't surprise me I think that's like his full time job I'll I'll see on his story on his Instagram story from time to time like him going to a farm, you know, like a, it seems like a big farm. Um, it is, it is a very big farm. We talked so, for a little bit yeah. about it, but growing up mostly it was mucking the stalls, right? So like cleaning up horse shit. Um, we would bring, we'd bring the horses in every morning, feed them. Uh, and you would take one horse out of the stall at a time and you'd groom it. And while it was being groomed, somebody would be in there mucking the stall. And so as I got older, all my buddies started coming to work for the farm. So it was me and four of my best, my best friends. And so we'd work on the farm in the morning. And then my mom had a small landscaping company that for the middle of the day, we'd go mow lawns and put down mulch and do landscaping. And then we'd get back to the farm and bring the horses in for their afternoon feed. And then we would go and do whatever teenage boys do for the rest of the day. Um, so the first half of the day was spent working and then for the rest of the day we would go work out and then 
go party, I guess. Not party, but we'd go yeah, do random things. That's a solid day. Uh, did you like – so were you guys – did you ride the horses a lot? Are you a cowboy? Are you just humble about when it? When I was young, yeah. No, when I was young, I rode the horses a ton. We'd ride um, – I'd bring friends over. So our middle school is right across from the farm. Ooh, uh, you were the horse so guy. I was the horse guy for sure. Horse plug. And I'd bring uh, I'd bring buddies over and I'd make them ride them bareback. Ooh. So no saddle, just hopping on it. That's a way to um, you know, break in your friendships. Uh, yeah, we all fell like- off at some point. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. What about, did you ever like invite girl? Like, did you ever leverage that to get girls? In high school, yeah. Okay. Um, Did you, at at a young age, as a young boy, did you look at horses and be like, I want hair like that? And then is that why you have the hair you have now? No. So I've actually had long hair since first grade. Or that's the last picture of me with short hair is first grade. Um, But I do remember I would go to the hairdresser with my mom to get my hair cut. And I'd always want a buzz cut every time I'd ask for a buzz cut and she would never let me get a buzz cut. It wasn't, it was probably your length. Um, and then at some point it just got longer and longer and longer. And I had like a fro and all of elementary, middle and high school. And then in college, uh, a girl that had the dorm next to me was like, Hey, can I put your hair in a bun? And she did, and we both at the same time were like, "That looks way better." Uh, <laughs> so I kept the bun. <laughs> Changed everything for you. Yeah, big big come up. That's cool. I, I, uh, I went back to my high school the year after I graduated, and I at that time had a bun and a beard, and I had teachers who I was close with not recognize me. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty uh, funny. They're like hitting on you. Like, who is this? Is this a new adjunct professor? And you're like, no. <laughs> no, they were just like, <laughs> I was with my girlfriend at the time. And the the teacher who I'm thinking of specifically emailed her later and was like, uh, please tell Jake, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize <laughs> that was him. Yeah. You uh, Are you single now? Are you dating? I am dating. Okay. Um, is it, can you, who are you dating? Can you share? Is it secret? Yeah. Yeah. No, you know her, uh, Victoria. Oh, okay. Vic takes a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Nick yeah. takes the shot. Um, she's really cool. I enjoyed hanging out with yeah, her a little bit. Of Waterpalooza. Um, yeah, she's great. You mentioned your, your, your buddy and your mom would go to church together. Were you raised, uh, Catholic Christian, Jewish. Yeah, I was raised Catholic. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of the Northeastern <clears throat> norm. Are you do you still practice any form of religion now or where do you not as much as my mom would want me to, but uh meaning that I just don't really go to church. But I was raised my mom got progressively more religious as we got older or as I got older. Um, and I don't say that in a negative way at all, but she taught ccd i was her first ccd class and we were monsters we were so bad it was me and all of my friends so yeah, we were terrible 
uh, which was kind of good because every class she's had since has been better. So we set her up for success. Um, yeah, I mean, hard stuff in the beginning, and then you just and then everything else iterate. is easy. <laughs> uh, I definitely, I certainly still have faith, um, but I'm not practicing, and that I go to church. Yeah, I um, do. You think that has anything to do? Like, have you been to a Christian church or a non-denominational church or anything like that since your experience with Catholicism? Uh, I have. I have not been to like, oh, the name is slipping me, but one of the newer, I call them hipster churches. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I would go for sure. I have not though. I haven't been. Uh, there's a church here in Providence that is, it's the, it's the cathedral of St. Peter and Paul. It's bananas. It is like a Gothic cathedral. It's huge. Uh, but it was right across the street from college. And so every Sunday I'd go to the six o'clock while I was living on campus. Cause it was like an hour away from everything. It was an hour away from CrossFit, it was away from school, anything that was happening. It was, it was away from that. And so I'd go and I'd sit in the back and just be silent for an hour. Like I'd go up for communion, but I didn't, my mom would be pissed. I didn't participate in fellowship. Like I didn't go talk to anybody. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't not go because I have a problem necessarily with the, the traditional church. I mean, I've got a lot of problems with the traditional church from a philosophic uh, point of view and like the way they go about things currently. But uh, I mostly don't go because of time. You, you, you said, currently like do you mean the catholic church or the church at large like the global christian church or like the catholic church currently yeah i mean i think it's like the catholic church currently okay but yeah, any would... any religion any belief system uh i'd say falls into that same trap where they alienate people by adhering too closely to their own like made up dogma it's difficult it's you know because every you know this is like every church is made up of human beings um right and in that group of human beings there's a handful of leaders and those leaders are responsible for knowing everything and and they have to create systems and sort of manifest these dogmas and so it's like people begin to look at church leadership as if they're god and it's like no no no. you got to expect significant amount of flaws in a church because a church is made up of human beings like right um there's there is one god and what you know as christians we believe that 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 god is perfect but everyone else is pretty messed up you know what i mean so like and he put us in charge of building these churches and so fundamentally fundamentally there's going to be a significant amount of error and flaws and of course uh say one thing do another because we're trying to preach righteousness and perfection and of course none right. of us read that and yeah i think that's it. like people take religion or anything they believe in so seriously and that's if you don't take anything seriously like then you kind of just live a life without purpose but there's very little room, especially in religion, for nuance, I feel, for most people. 
right? They start talking about their beliefs. And if anything falls outside of that, and this goes for political beliefs, religious beliefs, CrossFit, when things fall outside of that, instead of trying to understand them, they just like shirk them away. Yeah. And often politically right now, it's like hate, right? Anything that falls outside of your beliefs, like I'm going to dislike that person for that. Or anything that falls outside of your religious belief, say, like no matter what religion practice, often people, and this is not everyone, right? But these are my problems with it. So I'm speaking extremes, but often people will write that person off and go, they don't get it. They need to be saved or whatever your religion's version of that is. Instead of just yeah. seeking to understand, like, not that I have, I've, of course, I've done that in different facets, right? Like somebody who doesn't believe in the same thing that I do, like, and I'm like, well, you're dumb for that. But for the most part, we should, I feel like we should seek to understand more. And I, my problem with the current Catholic church is that that's not the case. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, it's, it's so complicated and I won't pretend to know what it's like to be like a church leader um but you know the the bible is very specific on some things and then some like grace is nuanced right like grace isn't right well, well defined or or structured um but then the, the law right is very specific but then again the law has nuance to it like the word covet c- could mean different things you know so we go down a rabbit hole here yeah but it's like, right there's just the point is there's nuance um, and you've got to respect that and have room for the gray area as people. Yeah. And so like we live on, on like the religious spectrum, I, I think one of the best ways I've like defined it for myself is um, Jesus was like a manifestation of both truth and grace. Right. And so like, there's like this spectrum or pendulum that at least religious people live on where some are more, err on the side of truth, which can be like self-righteousness, like, woe is me. I'm like, if you're not, if you're not like me, then I don't want anything to do with you. And then there's right. too much grace where there's believers that live wild lifestyles and kind of have a bad reflection of, of what Christianity or whatever religion they follow really looks like. And it's like, the idea is to live in the middle of that. Like, you, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's like the, that's the, that's life, right? Though, like, not to get super heady, um, but in my opinion, or at least my operating belief is that that is the case with everything, not just religion. Like your own values and beliefs, beliefs. Like you can't hold so true to those that you become self righteous, right? Because if you're self righteous, no matter what, like even if you're a hundred percent right and you're self righteous, you kind of suck. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. but on the other side, like you can't give yourself so much grace that you just do whatever the fuck you want. Right. I mean, think about it with training. Like a really easy example is you have your program and if you stick to it rep by rep, a hundred percent, it's going to fail you at some point. Cause that's not how humans operate. Right. There's going to need to be some room for you to like auto-regulate that. Uh, and same goes with your sleep, your nutrition, everything, right? Like shit happens and gets in the way. And if you hold so tightly to it, you're just fragile. Yeah. And like progress is going to stall because when something goes awry, you're just like, everything blows up. 
where on the other side is if you're always giving yourself so much grace, you're like, I'm tired today. I don't have to, or uh, I'm I'm reading this book or watching this show. I'll just stay up till 1 a.m. Or you're like, bah, my accessory work today, I'll do it another day. Like you're also never going to progress. And so, I mean, yeah. I'm just making an analogy, right? But it's the same with training is if you hold too closely, you're kind of screwed and you hold too loose, loosely, you're screwed. So yeah, the answer is always in the middle. Yeah, I think. Yeah, maybe. I agree. It was a good analogy. Way to bring it back to CrossFit. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean that. That was good. Um, kind of going back to CrossFit, you know, we've been we've been at it for a little over an hour, and I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I'd like to talk about it's some rest day, baby. I got all I got all the time. Oh, let's get it. Um, I think I might have a nine o'clock. Uh, actually, let me check. I do morning chalk up. Um, so. What was your first CrossFit workout, Jake? What's the name of it? Angie? The hundred, the hundred pull-ups, hundred push-ups, hundred air squats. Okay, um, that's a, like, you know, it's not a scary CrossFit wad where you're like, "F this." You're like, "I've been, I've been doing push-ups and pull-ups." Like, no, I, I was like, I was pretty good at it because pull-ups push-ups and air squats were something that i did a ton in my training anyway yeah and looking back like a lot of my training was you know who joe defranco is of course yeah so joe defranco chad wesley smith um those guys were what clint do you know who clint darden is Mm -mm. he's a power lifter um and he wrote for elite fts but he's also a strong man he's a power lifter strong man so those three influenced my training a ton. So way before I ever did CrossFit, like the first piece of equipment I bought was a Prowler. I had a big 600-pound tire in my yard. Like we were doing CrossFit-esque things. So moving fast with like other load, my first introduction was not CrossFit. Like I didn't come into the gym and do Fran and just like absolutely mollywopped. Um but yeah, it was Angie. And then the next workout I do remember doing was Fran. Mm. Did you do it strict pull-ups? Uh, no, I did it kipping. Okay. Did you like just learn how to kip or something and then jump in there? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Took I just came into the gym one day before, before we did our football class and did it in the corner because I wanted to try it. Yeah, it was extremely popular back then. Um, yeah, I heard like sub five minutes was a good, good time. I just went in and went for it. I I think it took me twenty minutes or something my first time. Um, but again, I was doing, wow. Yeah, I mean, I was in Globo Gym. I'm doing strict pull ups and I'm doing squat to overhead press. I'm not doing thrusters. You know what I mean? Like right. It was front squat, overhead press, front squat, overhead press. Um, yeah. What's the most trouble you've ever been in in your life? Ooh. Um, um, when we were kids, like high schoolers, middle schoolers, really, we got, you know, when you don't get arrested, but they take your information down. Lucky. Yeah. A couple of those. And then I got into a, so I got into this fist fight with a dude who was 
54. <laughs> not and like I promise I did not start. We walked across his lawn and we were walking down this path that goes behind his house to a fireman's carnival, to the carnival. And it, I I remember it super vividly. It was my mom's birthday. We were in high school. We had a birthday dinner for my mom. And then we went over to the buddy's house who lives next to this dude, parked at his house, and then walked over to the carnival. Well, he yeah, thought we Ferris walked Bueller. on his lawn. Ferris Bueller style. Thought that we walked on his lawn. And so he came after us and was yelling at us. And we were ignoring him. And finally, I turned around and I went, are, are we good? What's your problem? And I had long hair at the time. And he grabbed my hair. And there is nothing that can get, like, I used to be probably a pretty angry eighth, ninth, tenth grader. Uh, and now there's pretty much nothing that can get me to that point, except if you pulled my hair, like it's just this trigger. And so he pulled my hair and like, I grabbed his hands and then two of our buddies kind of just broke it apart. And one turned his back and the dude just plugged me in the face. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, dude. He, so he throws this punch at me. And I kind of like step back because I'm just so surprised that this is happening. And I see his kid running up. And I go, oh, all right, cool. He's going to grab his dad. His kid jumps up and punches my best friend. And what, like so a child? I'm, like a, like a no, little his kid. kid is a year. No, he graduated a year ahead of us in okay, high school. Okay. We're juniors <laughs> in high school. <laughs> you, you've got a brawl. Oh yeah, dude. And this guy comes up and just Superman punches my buddy. And so I am now maybe 10 feet removed from the situation. And so they start going at it. I'm not going to jump in because they're perfectly capable of handling it themselves. And I see the dad walk over very casually. So in my head, I'm going, he's going to go break this up, pull his son off because he realized what the hell just happened. No, he goes to go start punching my buddy with with this. Yeah. And so I ran in and tackled him and we roll on the ground and we stand up and he grabs my hair and punches me in the face. And then it got broken up by what's that? I was like, did you punch him at all? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like we so he grabs my hair, punches me. I retaliate. Um, then at this point there was enough people there that people actually grabbed them. And one of the, you know, like the, the parking cops in training, they're like cops in training. Yeah. There's one of them there. And so he broke it up and they ran back to their house. The dude was plastered. He was yeah, hammered. Was drunk. Say, he must've been wasted. Somebody probably walked in his lawn earlier that day. Um, yeah. So we went to court for that. But I wasn't oh, wow. really in trouble. Yeah. So my buddy's mom is crazy. Like crazy, crazy. Grew up in New Britain. Moved to my hometown for a quieter place where there was less trouble to get in. So when she found out, 
she was she essentially said that we had to press charges or she was gonna go over to his house and both her son and myself this kid is like my mother we went all right well, you can press charges because whatever happens when you go over his house we don't we don't want that yeah wow <laughs> That's awesome. yeah so we have to court for that I wasn't in trouble. Like we, we weren't in trouble at all. That's, but that's probably the biggest. I'm glad I asked that question. That was great. Um, (laughs) Who's your favorite person to compete with or against in uh, obviously in CrossFit? Oh man. Uh, So I've got a lot of buddies that I like to compete against or with or whatever. Uh, my buddy Tristan, who's my training partner at the moment, we always have a ton of fun competing together, specifically at Wadapalooza. Uh, he was at Grand Games too. This past at Wadapalooza, Bailey Rail and her boyfriend, Tyler Christopher, were absolutely awesome in the warm up area. Like, I wasn't really there with anybody. Cooper's there, but I didn't have like a handler in the back or a coach yeah. the whole time. And so I kind of latched onto them and we hung out for a lot of that competition. And they were just awesome. And him and I were competing against each other often the same heat. And they were super yeah. cool to be, be around. I like people in the warm up era where we can, because I personally can joke around and hang out and be pretty chill before I go out. Um, and they were, they were fun to hang around, but yeah, really I also have a lot of friends in the space so peter mason was there he's he's fun to compete with um jason of course we were in different heats at wadapalooza for the most part and so yeah he'd kind of be getting into the warm-up area as i was leaving but he's a blast to hang out with yeah owen bernstein i don't know if you've met owen uh, he hasn't competed in a while but to be honest with you my favorite person to compete with on a team Coop. Okay. Coop and I did more like partner competitions all throughout the Northeast than you can imagine. If there was a partner competition, we were doing it. Um, I can see that. He's a blast to compete with. Um, he's pretty fit too. Like he's uh, like he played soccer, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there was a Coop. period of time where he was doing almost all of my training with me. He's um, and so he was super fit. Yeah, he's he's fast. Like he's uh like I was watching a video the other day of one of his friends, I think Chris or someone, you know, someone at the gym that he trains at in Scottsdale, and he was in the background of the video doing double unders. And I was like, Who who hurt you, bro? You know, he was like going so fast. You could see it in his face, it was like aggressive. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I don't know anybody that does double unders that fast. Like, like like you got to pee or something. You know what I mean? Like it was so He's fat. fit. He's fit. Um, uh, what's it like working with um, Fraser? How did that come about actually? So Sammy coached at full range for a long time, um, which is the gym here in Providence that I work at and coach at. And we just met through that Sammy and I, and then when she started dating Matt, she started bringing him around the gym and, when he was in town, we would train together. And at first I was like, wow, this is really cool. I'm training with 
this dude who just won the games or took second. Um, and we just kind of hit it off and became buddies. And so we, we kept in touch for the last six years, uh, competed at a couple of the same competitions. Um, and through that just became friends. Uh, and then when he launching his program, I saw the announcement and I texted him and it was like, yo, I'm going to do your program when it comes out. And he hit me back and asked me to test it for him before it came out and just provide some feedback. And I had a bunch of training partners at the time that I was working out with who were of different levels of fitness. And so I told him that we would all test it and I'd give him some feedback on it. And then from there, it kind of naturally progressed to him asking me to write some warmups and then to write some workouts. And from there, I just started to work for him writing the first thing I really did. So I wrote some warmups, wrote some workouts like Metcon specifically, and then coached for them at the games, like just the in-person classes they were having. Uh, and then from there started really writing programming. That's super cool. Naturally progressed. In this industry, that's kind of like how a lot of people get their opportunities by being available, like being like serving uh, a cause or a purpose like you know hey i'll i'm gonna do your program and he's like you want to test it and you're like yeah and you test it and instead of being like yeah pay me you know um and then it, it's been the evolution right. of this opportunity for you yeah it's been super cool uh what's that i was gonna say you froze for a second but you're good go ahead oh, okay yeah it's been super cool i mean just the opportunity to test it was was really cool. And he was like, you can have it before everybody else gets it. I was like, yeah, 100%, please. Um, so that was just, it was cool. And then at Granite Games, he texted me before Granite Games. and was like, yo, do you want some help while you're there? I was like, do I want some help? Absolutely. Anything yeah. you're willing to get. Uh, and he, him and Sammy were super helpful for the whole competition. And the first piece of advice that he gave me when I got there, like the first thing when I saw him that he said, changed the whole weekend positively for me. What did he say? He was just, he was just like, hey, manage the heat. That's going to be the biggest thing this weekend. It's going to be super hot. If you manage the heat, you probably won't even feel it um, if you're really diligent about it. And so he gave me his bucket hat and was like, yo, fill this up with ice after every event. And I had everybody at home texting me like, why are you wearing a hat? You never wear hats. Um, and so I'd fill it up with ice and then I take a cold shower after events. And when I see people I competed with at Granite games and they're like, wasn't it so hot? It did not feel particularly hot for me. Wow. I just he's, managed it. He's a well. smart competitor, man. He's a smart person. Um, couple i got we got like three minutes left we're gonna ring through a couple deep questions and a couple rapid fire ones you ready hit me i'll try to give concise answers all right summer or winter winter all right favorite cartoon as a kid spongebob all right um Oh or dragon ball z Oh. dang bro that's heresy uh Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon? Yu-Gi-Oh. All right. You're clearly a big Yu-Gi-Oh fan. 
pizza or tacos? Tacos. Tacos or burgers? Burgers. Okay. If you could choose to talk every language, every human language, or talk to animals, which would you choose? Animals. Beach or More mountain? practical answer is language. Like that'd be really useful and cool, but yeah. dude, it'd be super cool to talk to animals. Uh, beach or mountains? Mountains. Um, if you could put anything on a big blank billboard for anyone to see, what would it say? Ooh. The one thing that's coming to mind is there's this poem called Don't Try. Um, so don't try. Don't try. That would make so many people like, what does that mean? <laughs> Just driving oh, yeah. by every day. Um, I like I like that. I probably will talk to you more about that sidebar later. Um, I'll send you the poem. Okay, sweet. And uh, man, yeah, I'm excited to talk more about that uh low-key love poetry but um how much success how much of your success or most people's success in crossfit uh do you think is hard work and how much do you think is genetics like if you were going to give a percentage to one and the other i'd say it really depends on the person you know that quote uh hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard yeah I think that's especially true in CrossFit. Like, I think that you can beat somebody who's more talented than you by working hard, but there's a certain component of like our sport is so specific in the, it's funny cause it's so general, right. But it's yeah. so specific in the fact that you have to be really strong and able to endure that there's only a certain amount of people who can do that period. Like, baseline you develop it and you can probably make it to regionals but there's only so many people who can possess like both of those traits and and compete so there is a big element of Genet genetics and talent it, or even just even if it's not a genetic predisposition but whatever your sport background is that allows that to happen yeah. you're like a decathlete who had to be pretty good at everything um yeah, I I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens with all these teen athletes who this is their sport, right? They come into it and like, this is what they do. Uh, I think they'll be changing that. Yeah. I think that if you start early enough, you can for sure take yourself from just a standard athlete to a CrossFit Games athlete. You can like fabricate um, it along the way. Yeah. You got a percentage for me or we... we uh... 50, 50, 60, 40, 70, 30, 12, 88. I mean, I would always say that hard work is more important than genetics, okay. right? But you have to have like some uh, baseline level, right? Like, and think about it this way, like this is where the minimum is for genetics. Some guys are already right here, but as long as you have here, then it's hard work. Yeah, I'll take that. All right, Jake, um, dude, I love this call. Love you, man. Love hanging out with you, learning more about you. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. 
would love to stay on longer, but I do at a, a, a 9 a.m. I got to jump on. I got to switch over to. Um, well, it's nine o'clock. I know. So I'm going to let you go, bro. Can't wait to catch up with you soon. And uh, thanks for taking the time today, man. Jared, thanks for having me. Have a good day. You too, bro. See you, Jake. All right. See you later.